Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the sidelines. My name is Courts. I'm here as always with my host, Az. Cordo, how's it going, mate? I'm really good. We are live. This is probably one of the first few episodes that our new fans and listeners and loyalists will be consuming now that we are out there in the World Wide Webs. Yes, it's uh, exciting. So apologies in advance because you're going to have to listen to it at this stage. So hopefully what we didn't do is set the bar really high. So then if we drop off now, <laughs> we're just disappointing people. Hopefully we're just going to start surging as we go. Uh, going off my previous experience, I normally set the bar pretty low, so <laughs> I don't think we've got too much to worry about from my front. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. All right, mate. Now, a couple of episodes ago, you were talking to me about Yellowstone and TV show. You mentioned to me something casually as we came in here that you wanted to talk about it. So I'm either I'm worried or I'm excited. Oh, okay, we use the term casually, but I ferociously opened the door and then slammed it and then kicked <laughs> a box over and a few other little, little tantrum things. And then I kept asking you what's wrong, but you were doing that kind of like, it's nothing, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> I'm ready now. Okay, um, I've asked 17 times. Are you ready to finally go, well, it's actually this. Well, look, Courtney, it's actually that after my stellar three and a half episode stint, maybe two and a half, I'm out of Yellowstone. Out? Yep, Like out. given up out? Uh, yeah, for now. It's at le- I'm going to at least have a two-week break. What? Yeah. I know. Why? <laughs> <laughs> look, <laughs> there's... Okay, I'll... I'll you've Because you've seen it, haven't you? I'm like I'm on season three. I'm basically consuming the episodes as Stan releases them each Monday. Look, I love some character development and in and moving things along and trying to bring the viewer uh, on board of what's actually happening. By the third episode, one bloke, the bloke who's living in uh, what's deemed as the the you know with his girlfriend in the caravan. Yep. Oh, on the Indian reservation. Yes, and sorry, I'll, you know, you know, I don't only pay half yeah. attention. This spoilers alert, by the way, for anyone that wants to yeah. watch it. Anyone who's at episode one is going to be shattered that I've wrecked the next two episodes. He's on the reservation twice now. He's driven along a road to basically have to kill someone. Like we're talking, like he's just driving casually, and he's you know he's packing as is the way. So he's killed two people casually while driving past. One of them, he had his kid with him. He's quite young. Just not even like a, well, you know, cover your eyes, kiddo. Like, nah, just dead. Just definitely shot that kid. Basically rescued this girl from some kind of weird abduction-y thing. And that was, you know, within a minute. That was a minute of the an episode. So far, this dude who's not supposed to be killing anybody has killed more people than episodes of the show. He's at four, by the way. So like, he's one character in the show. And this is, I'm 20 minutes in. He's already killed another two people on the side of the road, which he's already done once. He did that the episode before. There's that. That's one character. They had a flashback. The daughter of Kevin Costner, who is completely messed up, who effectively walks around all the time naked, literally starts the episode by being naked, uh, goes into a bath, and then there's a flashback. You know the episode I'm talking about. That, that's interesting. I haven't noticed the, uh, the messed up naked girl. But <laughs> continue, please. She has a flashback, which is basically like, you know, her mum is a complete mole to the the young version of her. And yeah. you're like, okay, I can I can definitely see she's got some issues going on. Completely get that. 
this is a genuine spoiler. She, the mum, for some reason, falls off the horse. The horse lands on her. She's basically dying. Her last dying breaths to her daughter are basically like, go see your dad because you fucked up. <laughs> like, and it's just like, yeah, well, all right. This is, a, this is a minute of action. It's like too much character development. Just cool your goddamn jets. And after all the other shit that's going on, I was like, I just can't deal with this crap. Just, I want some drama. Just, you know, you don't have to race to the drama. Just take it easy. So your issue is not the show itself. It's how much drama they're cramming into each episode. Yeah, they're trying to put like every episode of Sopranos into the, before the intro. <laughs> they don't have to do that like what like it's not again it's it's like now when someone tries to copy a game of thrones show it's like okay what's the model all right we need more boobs and then what i don't know we'll, we'll just start with that and then we'll see what happens work backwards from there yeah it's just like just to have have some, like the story itself actually seems like quite interesting like the setting and the narrative yeah but just you know Something else is probably going on. They're going to blow up a valley or a gorge. Like, they've already done that once. But they're probably going to have to go back because they didn't do a good enough job. So, it's lucky that we're not video streaming these episodes yet because people could see my knuckles are, like, going... They're turning a different colour. I'm clenched up here. I'm trying to be polite and not lose it because I love this show. But, look, you know that I'm not great at stand shows. Yes. Like, that's a... I've heard the rumours. Now they're legit. Like, I find any excuse and I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, for starters, you're talking about drama. Have you seen Kevin Costner in The Bodyguard? Yeah. Whitney Houston. That's different. That's a movie. Assassinations. But what I'm saying is Kevin suits the drama. No, Kevin's not the problem. Kevin is fine. He's he's doing his thing. It's everybody else around him is overacting. They're over-dramatizing, picking up a goddamn blade of grass. Yeah. Like, everything is action. Like, oh, you know, I can't just look into the sunset and be a cool cowboy dude. I've got to really be doing something intense. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to play devil's advocate and lure you into something so I can pick apart your logic. So, sure. So help me. <laughs> okay, give me, give me a few TV shows then that you love that haven't lost you early on. Mm. <laughs> you might have a... I might have already picked a hole in your plan because I don't stick with shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because if your issue was jamming too much drama in or it seems too artificial or too ridiculous, I'll point out that you love Batman just as much as I do. We're we're suspending reality of a guy that has a lot of money and can sustain the type of injuries that would kill That's also a movie. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But there's a TV show. They're one in the same in this day and age. Yeah, look, fair point. Well, look, True Detective, that was good. I watched all of that. And that didn't bother you? No. There was nothing in that that jumped out at you as a little far-fetched. Great programming. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could, you're like me. You dug your heels in. I can see this is a losing battle, so I'm just going to have to cop it. But I, I'm, you know, no, no, you know what? I'm going to change my tact. I'm changing my tact. I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you that you are choosing to not enrich your life with Yellowstone. Look, I'm going to come back. I always have one more crack. Yeah. I, I keep telling you, it's like a Western modern opus. Or maybe I'm just utterly seduced by the whole concept of riding around on a horse and shooting people and having a mansion and a chopper and, you know, 
Well, look, you are one of few people I know who genuinely played Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2 for, what, four times each? Yes. <laughs> and, and got to a point where I was, I stopped, like the real world and Red Dead world started to blur. Like yeah. I'd walk into a 7-Eleven and for a split second I contemplated Jack in the Register. Yeah, I mean, one day you mentioned that, I was like, what did you do in the game today? And you told me that you went around patting dogs for the last eight hours. <laughs> I love dogs. Well, <laughs> anyway, now that we've got that out of the way. Let's not bring up me getting lost in a video game reality yeah, as a cowboy. I don't, I don't want to go down that path. We could be here a while. Well, it was like when I can remember like the, in a, I mean, if you haven't played the game, it's pretty much just a Western, but it's awesome. My horse was killed by some bounty hunters. And I remember I was so bothered by it that I went on the rampage and just like shot anyone I could find that could have passed as a bounty hunter. <laughs> you know, and then I started to go like, look at that guy selling those groceries on the side. He's probably him. a bounty hunter. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll just agree to disagree or feel sorry for each other. or But you know what? That's who you are. Well, look, it doesn't matter. That. Because... I've now got 20 days straight. AFL times. Yes. Is that why you've given up on it? Because I wouldn't buy into that, that you decided, you know what? I don't want to watch Kevin Costner in an amazing drama series. I want to watch crowdless AFL. No, they're, sep- they're separate, but it's a great lead in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the AFL, 20 days straight. The footy festival, like footy Hanukkah or something, all jammed into one. We light a candle each night for a new game of AFL. It's going to be very interesting, like from a spectacle kind of standpoint, like how they're going to do it logistically and, and like it's actually interesting to see that part of it. Like I'm looking forward to that. I'm more surprised at how much everybody just kind of went, yeah, cool. I think I was expecting um, like various, I would say community leaders, but mouthpieces to jump up and down given the strain that's going to put on a player's rhythm. I think everyone's kind of just in a shoulder shrug mode. It is what it is. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, you know, norm, you know, historically someone would play on a Sunday and then had to play on that random Thursday night game and they're all like, oh, I didn't expect that anymore. <laughs> and it's just like, do you play when you're playing and just be thankful that that's about it. Like, it's kind of good to see them to just take it for what it is. Yeah, finally, I don't have to listen to a coach in a press conference go, we did really well coming off a six-day break. I hate <laughs> that fucking line. It doesn't mean anything to me. No. I you, think, yeah, I just don't, oh, I freaking hate that line. <laughs> Come, yeah, the boys have done really well coming off a six-day break. Um, but, you know, like we, we had a real crack. I love coach speak <laughs> in the fact that nothing drives me more spare than it. Well, it's <laughs> the AFL has a problem where we've watered down comms so much that now they talk, but you, they don't really say anything. That's the issue. Yeah, it, it's it's not even worth the inter- They're doing the interview for the sake of doing the interview. Yeah. Oh, Tom Mitchell had 50 possessions, Clarko. He had a great game. Yeah, it was a team effort. Like they can't just go, yeah, he was, he was on fire today. 
He was nuts. And then you go yeah. to the opposition, you go, oh, you let Tom Mitchell have 50 touches. Yeah, look, to me, that was part of our game plan. Like, we yeah. didn't really think he was going to be damaging. Oh, that's my most, yeah, my most annoying one is when they pretend they didn't see something. Oh, so, uh, you know, Andrew Gaff uh, knocked out uh, Andrew Brayshaw's teeth and he was down and the crowd was really angry. Oh, did he? Oh, I, I didn't oh, notice look, that. Look, to me, I haven't seen the footage yet. I might have to go back and uh, <laughs> come back to you. I haven't seen the footage, yeah. <laughs> So uh, such and such uh, broke his head in half and had to be taken to hospital. Oh, look, I was I was busy just really analysing if we needed to send an, uh, a spare man deep uh, to cut off the intercept. But uh, did that happen, did it? Oh, <laughs> uh, every time. So, yeah, 20 days of footy. That's going to be... Are you going to watch a lot or are you going to stick to your, your bombers? Well, A, I'm in very interested. So I'm interested to see who is actually going to get all the games. So this is this could be the bounce back that Fox actually needed. But I'm sure like them and Channel 7 are really at uh, arm's length. Or maybe they do some kind of deal. I don't really know how it's going to work out properly. Yeah. Um, but look, I'm probably not going to watch heaps. But one thing that I think is going to be very interesting is that a silver lining for the AFL is that Aside from the doing that stupid thing a few years ago where they'd randomly play the Monday night game or the Tuesday night game or whatever it is that never really... The Australian crowds just are not... or And viewer are not ready for... Just not part of how we watch or yeah, take it in. culture. Now they actually get to force us uh, to basically emulate the NBA and the baseball and the hockey where... You know, you watching your team play on a Tuesday is normal. Yeah. But that's what it is. And then suddenly you're creating a whole new economy of your game where it's not, you know, maybe this is the start of the end of those stupid time Sunday afternoon games. Because I can't imagine the players actually enjoy playing at five o'clock on a Sunday at Etihad. Yeah, no. And I mean, I especially don't enjoy it. When free, because I feel like the shit teams get shoved there. So I've watched a lot of Frio games on a Sunday afternoon, and it almost just wrecks my weekend. It's yeah. like this the Sunday blues on steroids. Yeah, but look, 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 they've got a great position where they might actually be able to get something out of it and basically condition the viewer that watching your team play on a Wednesday is normal. Like, get around it. Yeah. And look, maybe the crowd suffer. Like they're always going to, but if they can make it work when there's no one there, does it really matter? We are, like, as a nation with our sports, we are very, like, Joey Tribbiani friends. We're a little bit like, I don't like change! <laughs> like, the, the <laughs> tiniest bit of change. And we're like, oh, the you know, the grand final, like the Twilight grand final thing. It's amazing how you have paid journalists that will write a whole piece on that, like it's curing a disease. You know, like it, the level of importance it must be applied to. I'm just like, who fucking cares? Yeah, just play the goddamn game. Just try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, that's right. Nothing because no one will not watch it because of the time you start the game. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you're not going to get a whole seven minutes. Go, nope. Fuck it. I'm out. <laughs> this is yeah. the final straw. Yeah. 2.50 p.m. You had me, but you <laughs> lost me at 4.50 p.m. If they want to make back time, just cut out old mate singing up there because Ailey. Oh, I know, right? It's I getting a bit weird. It's getting weird. He's just hit that age where it's like, no. Oh. He hit it 15 years ago. <laughs> but again, 
I dare you to stand up at a grand final at the top of your voice go, I think it's about time we retire this clown and see how long you last before. Well, actually, not the GF because it's filled with corporates, so nothing will happen to you. But if you did it at a prelim, you'd be in trouble. Yeah, that's right. Um, but look, I am interested to see how it goes. Well, maybe that is the beauty of this season or the silver lining is that we're starting to see the game done differently, adjusted and because we're so accepting and we're all trying to be as rubbery and flexible, both in the players, the coaches, the AFL, as fans, we're all very accepting. So maybe it is the year for them to try stuff. And if it does really work, well, then, yeah, we can all get on board. I mean, I'm not adverse to watching footy random nights in the week. It'll just, you're right, it'll just take a bit of getting used to, probably more than anything. Well, there's nothing on TV anyway. Well, that's true. Free-to-air TV is dead, dying on its way out. I mean, how many times can we come up with a cooking show or a show where we put like uneducated dead shits in a house and hope they have sex and fight? At least three more times. (laughs) (laughs) Coming soon. (laughs) They're running out of names for those shows. Like they might as well just get straight to the point. Tarts and Scumbags Island. Like just call it for what it is and we'll appreciate it. No, even just a picture of a guy just winking. There's not that even name it anymore. It's like coming up at seven, you know what this shit is. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Some guy that you and your girlfriends would definitely be made uncomfortable in a bar if they came and talked to you, versus a bunch of girls who you look at from afar and go, I bet none of them can count to ten collectively. <laughs> um, speaking of footy, Dangerfield, Paddy D came out and said, Why don't we try sixteen players a game or team? To reduce congestion. Interesting. Thoughts? Is this is this with his is this Dangerfield hat or is this Players Association hat? Or don't know. Good question. I'd suspect both. He's not stupid enough to go out and say anything without it being done in that mouthpiece. I suspect that's their response to trying to have a voice because the AFL, as we know, has that tendency where like Steve Hocking and Gill seem to sit in a room and go, This would be a good idea, let's do this. And the whole league kind of goes, what? Yeah. So I suspect this is them trying to go, well, if you're so worried about congestion, if you're so hung up on holding the ball or defensive tactics, instead of putting in all these ticky-tacky stupid rules where you're effectively like, you know, wish in one hand, shit in the other, see what fills up first. Like, yeah. Let's just cut to the chase and reduce the amount of players on the field. That's the simplest way to solve congestion. Yeah, like, why not do it? I mean, it also helps with Dangerfield that he, I think he'd probably go better with another two less players in the field because wow. he's got a quick couple yeah. of first steps. So, <laughs> the other guys, yeah, exactly. I was like, this doesn't suit like Max Gorn. This suits you, yeah. someone that relies on space yeah, to not, turn the jets on. You're not, you're not hearing this from the slow back flanker going, I think we need less guys out here. Yeah. Yeah, this suits your aging hamstrings that are one bad tear away from going down the sort of, you know, Daniel Wells path of being off the deck more than you're on it. Well, look, I understand it. Like, and they definitely should do it. Um, you know, at some point they've got to try these different things or, you know, everyone's... But the thing is, the AFL gets worried that teams adapt. That's their biggest concern is that they make a new rule t- change and then a team adapts to it and then they're better for it and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like you can't... You just got to take it for what it is. But it'd be like the NBA coming up with a system to stop players shooting threes. Like the games evolve. It's almost, and again, like this, we've spoken about this where the games evolved into such an athlete 
endurance-dominated game that are you really shocked that then tactics to slow it down become the byproduct? Yeah, well, I mean, a long t- a while ago now, they were concerned that uh, teams were manipulating the the trades, uh, the trades, uh, the interchange, like bulk interchanges, and then you're able to rotate it all through. So oh, let's stop that. Uh, let's limit the cap. And it's like, okay, well, what happens from that? Well, you stop, you start getting, you know, everybody more athletically fit. Mm. So you no longer need to have that brain football smarts. Now you got to yeah. tailor towards people who are just athletes. Yep. So again, the shift will come where they'll go, oh, I'm, you know, we don't want that anymore. We want people to go back the other way. And then they'll bring in some rule where they'll probably go, you got to have 100 changes a game. Yeah. Like who knows what they'll do. I sit there and I go, are we really comfortable living in a world where put aside your grievances over holding the ball or this decision, but are we really happy that the games are now effectively dead to anyone who is a Greg Williams, a Tony Lockett, a Sam Mitchell, a Jason Dunstall, like, you know what I mean? You know, like those types of players who are not able to cover the 100 in 1030 or run 15Ks without needing to come off and have a power raid. Are we really comfortable that that's where the game's going? Look, I'd say no, but I'm sure the AFL will come out and tell us. But uh, I'll tell you where I'm curious Dangerfield didn't actually comment on mm. so i was thinking this the other day they haven't said a word about where they want the grand final yeah you're right so i feel as a player that you know I mean me the player <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we use that term loosely uh if i finally make it to the big dance i want to play in front of that crowd well the crowd is very much a part of it but they've never come out and said we'll play where we can you know, play where there's a crowd, which I find a very weird one for them to stay quiet on. Yeah. So you're getting into my tinfoil hat. They don't want to have it in Perth because they're afraid of it looking good. Yeah, well, I think the players would probably want it in Perth where they can actually get a crowd. Yeah. Well, every play, like you've every player that plays there raves about how awesome the arena is. And people forget, it's not just about good weather or seats it's about facilities too like yeah. your change room facilities the arena facilities are amazing for afl players that makes a huge difference to their experience and their ability to go and do their job um that's a fascinating one because you know what better time are you going to get to actually use your leverage too now's the time Go for it. But then I suppose their fear is the AFL just force more pay cuts on them. <laughs> it's not like the NBA where they've got ultimate power. They're still beholden to an extent to what the league wants to do. Well, the NBA is... In, I mean, for those who aren't aware, the NBA started back up yep. today in yeah. exhibition mode. Yeah. Which, which is very interesting. It was weird to watch. Yeah, they've done, a very, they've done an interesting job on it. It sort of feels like the qualifiers for the Olympics or something like that. <laughs> yeah yeah in a weird way like they've got weird screens and you know just the camera's a bit off it felt like one of those like nike expo games that they do where like you know like kobe would come and dominate some like taiwanese kids yeah you know, it felt like one of those where the arena was kind of really big but there were no seats and digital screens it was strange but to be honest power to them for making it happen 
Well, that's it. They, I thought there's no fucking way they're going to get that off the ground. They just made it happen. And so far they've had no issues as in like, you know, they haven't had an outbreak in team and it's thrown it all out of whack. One thing I guess they get to look forward to is that they're in that bubble of finals where once the final, if they can make it to finals, every week of finals, they will cut the people on uh, in Disneyland by 50%. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. So every week they make it is just another 50% cut gets cut. Yeah, that's true. So they're just, I think they just need to make that first week of finals and they'll be fine. Imagine that. Like as soon as you lose, the hotel staff are there with like your checkout card asking you for your minibar receipt. <laughs> <laughs> Certain players also having to pay their bills for their adult entertainment. <laughs> but then, oh no, as surely no one's still ordering pornography in a hotel in this day and age. Not that I would know, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> but it is sort of interesting. Like it's sort of calmed down a little bit now from the players. Like at the start, they were very talkative. You know, it's, oh, you know, what are we going to do? But they're very quiet. Well, my single most disliked player had the biggest whinge ever, saying it was like a motel, rushed on Rondo, and then he broke his hand, and now he's gone anyway. He's left. Yeah. Precious. But no one, no one else has really spoken out that it's bad. I think they're just in a, they're just in a make it happen mode. Yeah, I mean, I loved Stephen Adams, for anyone that doesn't know Stephen Adams. I think he's like the youngest or a child of like a family of 10 from New Zealand. Massive unit, amazing hair. Looks like Jason Momoa from Aquaman, like <laughs> scarily similar. He got interviewed like yesterday or the day before and did like the most classic Kiwi. I mean, Aussies would say this as well. I could see Joe Ingalls saying it where the reporters asked him about like how he's handling the bubble and the hotel room and stuff. And he was just did the whole like, yeah, it's all good, mate. Let's be clear. This is not Syria. <laughs> like, finally, someone snapped it into perspective. Um, you know, and he's saying like, you know, it's not that hard. Like at the end of the day, we're living in a resort. He's like, yeah, sometimes the food's a little bit cold, but who cares? Like big picture guys, big picture. Um, I was just excited because your favourite player's favourite player is over COVID and rolled in. Russell Westbrook, baby. Yeah. He's <laughs> always coming back. They're my hot tip to rattle cages. The Rockets, Harden and Westbrook. Mm. I like it. Harden seems really fired up. Yeah. He seems like he's just at that... Weird, like, he never normally says much about people bagging out his game style, which, yeah. look, I neither hate nor... Love like when he's on, it's absolutely fantastic. But when it's not on, I mean, it's not great. He just throws up bricks, but he's always trying. Yeah, but he's an underrated defender too. He cops a lot of shit that his defense is bad. He's actually not a bad defender at all. But I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. They steered into the skid of how do we just amp this up. Not a lot of other teams have really gone all in on a theory. <laughs> yeah. Like like a hunch, like someone at a pub's just gone, you should play with no tall guys. And he's like, nah. No. Nah, we're gonna no. Nah. You gotta you gotta play with tall guys. And then comes back later, suddenly he's holding like two scotches on the rocks and he's just like, Have this. I was thinking about it some more while I was taking a piss. We're going no tools. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. No tools. Best idea ever. Just everywhere he goes, stuff's like reminding him of it. 
Like he just goes out to the car park, sees like two little like four foot kids like balling <laughs> and like somehow just dropping shots over like two taller kids that they're playing two on two against. Or then suddenly there's like a really low sign and people are just walking under it and they, they're making like a weird comment like, oh, I'm just so happy that I'm not tall enough to hit that sign. And he's just there like, <laughs> wait, what did you just say? Can you say that again? <laughs> yeah, spot on. I think they're like, they're my smoky. But then in saying that, talk about theory. The Nuggets are like decimated by injury, but I feel like they rolled out a theory this morning in their warm-up game. Yeah, all in. Did you see their starting line? I did see it. Nikola Jokic, their center, playing point guard. He's seven foot, I want to say one or seven foot flat. Then they had Jeremy Grant at shooting guard. He's like six eight. Then they had Bol Bol at small forward. He's seven foot two. Paul Millsap six ten. He was at the four, and Mason Plumley's like seven foot. He was at the five. So their average starting height was six foot ten point four. This sounds like when you take the piss, when you can change and edit your team and and in a game on your PlayStation, and just <laughs> yeah. be like, no, I'm going in. I'm making everybody giant. Yeah, and you've changed the rules, and somehow they don't lose any speed. Yeah, like you create a player mode where he's like seven foot three, but his speed's ninety nine, his agility's ninety nine. He's yeah. dunking from the three point line, everything. Yeah, you create a cheat code. But how exciting that bowl bowl dominated today. He's the son of Manute Bowl. Remember him? Yeah. The tallest NBA player in history. He was just like a block machine. He even he even shot a three. Yeah. And it looked good. Yeah. It, like clean. He literally stroke. like he just put it in. His stroke was like wet like water, that shot. It was awesome, man. <laughs> Look at his stats, like 16 points, 10 rebounds, 6 blocks in 30 minutes of gameplay. Yeah, that's good. Denver's another one. Look out. I mean, the only thing about it all, and I was, I'm going to tell you why I'm really disappointed, why I'm borderline raged. Nikola Jokic lost so much weight in quarantine. You mean he got fit? He got fit. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he got in shape. <laughs> a professional athlete got in shape. Sandra Sully with the late news here. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony also dropped bulk kegs. So I'd... now he's gone from hoodie mellow to slim mellow. Uh, that's no good. But now I- I'll tell you why I'm angry. My thick boy club is dying. Like Nikola Jokic was the captain of my bring the big heavy guys back game. He slimmed up. He sold out. So you come back, charges off? Well, I was just like, I needed someone to hang my hat on to go, look, my body shape, it's not as dysfunctional as you think it in. Luca's still there. Yeah, yeah, I that's mean, true. Luca got that thickness too that I like. But I mean, thick for a six foot six prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> who's, what, still 19? Yeah, he kind of jogs and moves like a thick boy. Like he's just, he doesn't look explosive in any way, shape, or form. But most definitely is. Yeah. In every way. That's, I, I'm like that. Exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, sorry, come again? <laughs> yeah. I keep my explosive. I'm like a cheater. I've got about 10 seconds of solid sprinting in me, and then I just need to tap out so I don't get you know too much lactic acid in my joints. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my biggest disappointment of the bubble is to see big boys losing weight. Not for it. Bothers me. When Shane Mumford retires from the Giants, I'm going to be devastated. Jeezy lay some hits. Well, he, you know, despite the AFL doing everything in their power to take them out of the game. Mm. Oh, well, we're, and moving on to the next bubble that's completely wrecked, 
Yeah. The NFL screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A hundred positive COVID tests before they can even think about training camp. That's brutal. They don't even have a plan on how they're going to do this. I feel like the NFL never has a plan on anything. They just, like their arrogance and defiance carries them through. You know what's going to happen? Goodell's just going to come out and be like, you'll play whether you have COVID or not. I, I was thinking that exact same thing this morning. I was like, they're just as crazy to go, fuck it, we're just going to play. They will. There's going to be no like, oh, bubbles. Play. Like, they, There's so many players on one team. Yeah. You got at a playing list, so that's on day one, they've got 55 on the squad. Mm. And that's not including their practice squad, which is another, I think it's 30-odd. So you got 80, and then some, you know, they're rotating players off free agency trades all the time. Let's just call it 100 players. Then you've got all your medicos, your assistants, your training staff, your admin people. In the case of the Redskins, pretty PAs that you can try sexually assault. <laughs> Bundle that all up. You put, yeah. You're looking at 200 to 300 people per organization that, and their families and friends and you're going to try bubble them up. In a sport with tackling. Yeah. Like contact sport, close proximity. And, I mean, they've got a president right now who will back them in too because if they came out and said it you know Trump's going to be on, on the burner phone just going bold decision I love it do it everybody should be like the NFL <laughs> and just suck it up and just do it was that a Trump impression? yeah is that like a 90s R&B singer? <laughs> everybody on the dance floor <laughs> so the Washington because we don't know what they're called now. Yeah. They're going through a name change. Yep. So it got me thinking about some other team names yep. and what are some other absolute atrocious team names out there oh. that you can think of. Well, they don't exist anymore, but the NHL ice hockey, they used to have a team from Hartford called the Hartford Whalers. And their logo was like a whale tail in this sort of gross pastel green and blue and white. You say that, but would you own it on a hat? No. Oh, really? Not yeah. even not even that cool, like artistic. Because like, it looks like a heavy girl's g-string bikini. <laughs> like, <it's>. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I couldn't own it. Another shocking thing I was thinking about is there's a disproportionate amount of animals in team names. Well, this relates to that, but. Going back just quickly, I tell you a shit team name. The New Orleans Pelicans. Who the fuck decided to call their NBA team the Pelicans? You have the let's be real. Freel? Frank, real, freel. One of the coolest sports on the planet. And you name your team the Pelicans. That's iconic with New Orleans. What the fuck? <laughs> you know that that whole thing's a basket case because of the whole Charlotte Pelicans, Hornets, yeah. shitstorm. Charlotte Bobcats. Oh, what a mess. Talk, talk about uh, Jordan really hitting that one out of the park. Yeah, MJ. The king on the court, the dunce off the court. For arguably what... Look, I would say that the Charlotte Hornets, back when they were peak... Like mid-90s, late-90s. 
like Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, Charlotte Hornets. Like not being a successful team. Yes. But an iconic cultural icon team. Yeah, like like I remember, you know, like as a kid buying like a basketball jersey, there was always the like the Jordan Bulls one, uh, like a uh, Karl Malone Jazz one, but there was always a Larry Johnson, Charlotte Hornets one. Oh, and it had that cool teal. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Jordan just went around and just screwed that up by changing to the Bobcats and then there was Pelican. You know, New Orleans had it. He bought it off them. Like all sorts of weird shit to just completely wreck that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, that's the worst one I can think of. But, look, for anyone out there listening, message us in. Go to our website, message us, and tell us some of the worst sporting team names you can think of. We obviously haven't got them off the dome, but we want to hear your your takes, your hot takes. And sorry, you were saying about animals. Yeah, why is it with animals? Oh yeah, there's like, a disproportionate amount of team named animals. Yeah, I've never really thought about that either. I don't. Why is that? I don't know. If I, I really can't even think of the words why we just associate animals with it. I'm assuming that's like a cheesy American legacy. Hmm. It has to be, but to be honest, all the um, a lot of the NBA teams that the NBA teams have weird like, what what's a Laker? Yeah, well, I think that was because they were originally mini mini uh, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, and that's Minnesota, and that's the state with all the lakes. So I think that's where that came from, the Minneapolis Lakers. Well, the NBA has a whole shitstorm anyway with their I, names. I, I could have totally and, made that up. By the way. <laughs> But you know, in the um, in American sport culture, you can basically own like a sporting franchise name. Yeah. Okay. So, which is a weird one, only because Seattle actually owns their team or well, their city name. They own the Seattle C- uh, Supersonics. Oh. Yeah. So that's why it's not the OKC Supersonics. Oh, so when they left Seattle, yeah, they couldn't take the Supersonics name with them. No. So if you if you and I pull together our $2.50 of loose change and decided to that we could try start up a NBA franchise and in Seattle, we would be able to get and borrow the Supersonics name off the state. Well, I just saw today the NHL's approved Seattle for an expansion ice hockey team. And so they're about to go through the naming process. Ooh. And the comments section was being blown up with a lot of people saying, Supersonics, do it. Have Gary Payton on oh, <laughs> as your number one fan. Um, yeah, so they're weird in themselves because, you know, they can move around and what the Indianapolis Colts were actually the Baltimore Colts and like a whole bunch of shit. So it's very difficult to understand exactly what they do. It must be an American thing because like look at soccer, football in Europe, the Premier League teams, your Real Madrid's, etc. None of them go by their brand like they're... They don't have their sort of mascots. I mean, you've got like Manchester's the Red Devils, Liverpool the Reds, but they're known as their cities. It's probably the other big one is that the Americans are just so all about making those dollars. There's yeah. just another revenue stream. Yeah. Well, let's be honest, it is. Yeah. Like, there's just another way to capitalize the living shit out of something. Because you can imagine like Liverpool being like, all right, we've got a good idea. We're, we're going to make a logo. And someone's like, no, we won't be doing that. It, yeah. This is the proper, this is the way it is done, and this is how it is. This is our football team, this is how it's been. Yeah. That's a terrible Liverpool accent. <laughs> Whereas the AFL is just like, oh, fuck it, we need something. 
Yeah. I, sorry, I don't even know what that accent was. I don't know. Uh, I've gone back. <laughs> I've let the team down. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on that. Point. It was like weirdly Irish. Yeah. I should have done like a Ringo Starr one. He's from Liverpool. Liverpool wasn't very happy with that team name. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, I mean, and I suppose, well, the AFL, it'd be interesting to know when the AFL, like where those nicknames came from. Like whether Collingwood was always Collingwood Magpies or whether that was something that came down the track. Oh, I can only just loosely assume from my soapbox that yes. <laughs> but every every AFL team, for the most part, is well, birds are overrepresented. Let's yes. be honest. Heavy on the birds. We are heavy on the birds. And then, you know, cat animals. Yes. I get it. Like, we just literally opened up, like, you know, maybe Animalia or whatever that book was when everyone was a kid and just went, <laughs> boom, hey, let's go. Let's roll this shit up. Is that because, like, the animals are fierce, I guess, and the birds represent... I mean, I'm being wanky here, let's be frank. I'm trying to justify it. I'm assuming the bird thing is like, you know, they're soaring, they're flying. Oh, West Coast, we're flying high. Like, I'm assuming... <laughs> That's the undertone. But at the same time, it feels more like... Marketing. Yeah, like... <laughs> to kids. Like the Adelaide franchise was sitting there in the mid-80s and going, Collingwood Magpies. What about crows? Did you want crows? Yeah. Someone fact check. Someone get... Oh, I was going to say Google it. <laughs> Someone get a, the old Rolodex and check uh, the team names. Uh, but, you know, it's... You know, well, we're the Dons. So we're a fighter jet. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh, I love ours. I mean, I love, to be honest, I love more the fact that we're the Dons, which is like the supportery name for us. Like yeah. We're very rarely, you know, not really referred to as the Bombers too often. Yeah. So I'm all about that. Yeah. But honestly, like, do you think the, the team names, they're overrepresented by animals? Do you reckon they got a leg up? How so? So I did actually did some research. This is a loaded question. Okay. So I've walked into the trap. Yeah. I've stepped on that sort of, you know, when there's in a movie where they've dug a ditch in the jungle and they cover it with leaves. I've run over the leaf ditch and fallen in. All right. So this is me. This is genuine half ass. Uh, quick, quick Google. Is this what you were doing in Excel? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so since the AFL's inception, 1990 technically, Yes, yeah, when it became a national comp. National yes. national comp in, based in Victoria. Yes. <laughs> yes, national comp. <laughs> a logo. How many grand finals have been won by a team with an animal in their name? Oh. So it's 30? 30, 30 is the total. I mean, well, 29, I should Oh, say. yeah, so yeah, 2020. Yeah, okay, so 30 flag winners. Yep. How many have been an animal? Yep. It's probably going to be easier for you to say how many are not. Yeah, okay. Well, Frio, no. I mean, this could be very boring for the listener if I just <laughs> sit here in silence trying to figure it out. But I, no, it wouldn't be that many at all. Look, I'll, I'll wreck it for you after my half. Yeah. Four non-animaled grand finals in 30 years. Holy shit. You've stumbled on something. So, 
This is me again, tinfoil hat. Do you yeah. think they deliberately, side note, I'll come back to another one. Do you think they deliberately named GWS and Gold Coast non-animal teams so they were never going to win for <laughs> ages? <laughs> There's so many animals left. They could have gone way deep. Yeah, like Gold Coast. Why wouldn't they have gone like the Gold Coast Sharks given the surf beaches and stuff? But yeah, I mean, that's another point. That's mind-boggling. Yeah. So you got, yeah, Carlton Blues. We won two. We won two. Baby Bombers and the greatest dominant team of all time in 2000. Yeah, 2000 Bombers. And Smoke and Joe Mercedes, good thick boy. <laughs> Side <laughs> topic. You can't say good thick boy. Everybody from 1990 to early 2000s is just thick boy. Yeah. With the occasional guy of guy that's incredibly fast. Yes. Like Fraser Gehrig, ultimate hard <laughs> thick boy fast. Um, yeah, so you guys, the Blues, Port Adelaide 1-1. That's it. Wow. Because you got obviously Brisbane, Hawthorne, Sydney, yeah, Dogs, West Coast, Eagles, yeah. There's there's not many left. Wow, Hawks, Tigers, yikes. So basically, maybe next time I'll prepare some actual facts. But the other teams who are not really named after animals, Demons, Frio, yeah, the Blues, yeah. Giants, Gold Coast, and Saints. So aside from the Giants and the Gold Coast, those other, what, one, two, three, four, they're rubbish. Yeah. I mean, Carlton has a historic, you know, they're very dominant. Yeah. But let's be frank, they've been shit. Yeah, yeah. And they're also shit as a legacy from when they got busted cheating. So. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, so basically what you're telling me inadvertently is that Frio fucked themselves from day one. Yeah. So, yeah. If, so if we're making a franchise from now, do not. Yeah, because you got to mean like Melbourne, the Saints, Saints and Demons. So they've taught themselves mega big with religious iconography. Yep, come and doing that. They haven't won anything in like 50, 60 years. You got us, the Dons and the Blues. We're kind of in that same ball, like... We're tit for tat. Yeah. Hanging on due to large membership bases. Yep. But yeah, power. They're pretty dumb. I mean, they were, the, you know, they've got the whole, you know, SAFN thing that they've got yeah, going on yeah. that they just like to bring up when they were beating witches' hats for 100 years <laughs> or whatever it was. But, you know, they're, they're, they're very proud of their history. Yeah. Which doesn't really transcend or relate at all to any other national comp. Yeah, but I wouldn't be proud of the 2007 grand final if I was them. No. But at the same time, like, this is me coming from a bomber supporter when we've won all their flags prior to 1990. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But, yeah. I don't know. I think it's the animal thing's a thing. This is, I feel like we need to take this to, we need like a research grant. All right. I think that does us for this episode. As, thank you very much. You too, Court. Thanks again, mate. Listeners, thank you very much because I'm fairly certain we've got them. Yeah, if maybe. <laughs> they could have dropped off by now. If you're stuck with us, we appreciate it. If we've let you down. Well, we're sorry. If we've stick around, you, stick around for redemption. Yeah, stick around for redemption. Yeah. We'll get Keanu on. Well, like a guy that you really fall for. And you go out and you have this like amazing dinner and he's really funny and he's really charming. 
you know, and he's really sweet and you kind of just let your guard down and you take him back to your house and he's a totally dud root. But because of all that foundation work that he's done, when he messages you the next day and goes, sorry about last night, like, yeah, it doesn't really happen all the time, you give him another date, you know what I mean? Have you ever been that guy, Az? All right, thanks again. Uh, we really appreciate your listens. As always, if you haven't checked us out, get onto our website, www.thesidelines.space. We'll be thesidelines.com.au because we've got that official ABN registration approved by the Australian government to do what we do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, check us out on Instagram at the Sidelines Media. Uh, we really appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. This is Court signing off with my man. As. Take care, folks. See you guys.